No segue intended, Georgina Campbell. Good morning. Good morning. The politics that you cover, the domestic politics, the local politics that you cover gets a little crazy from time to time. Um, we'll just touch super quickly on this current uh, race, incredibly tight race for the vacancy on the Wellington City Council after Tamatha Paul vacated her council seat and uh, took Wellington Central for the Greens. Uh, it looked like the independent candidate had romped home with it. Now it's uh, right to the wire, waiting for specials to be counted, Georgina. Yes, uh, that's right. This by-election is very interesting. Um, I think the there is about 160 votes uh, last time I checked between the Green candidate uh, Geordie Rogers and the independent candidate who formed uh, Cafe Ice, who will be best known for that, um, Carl Teifenbacher. So it, it sort of looked like he had romped home um, when these election results came out on Saturday. But as uh, more and more of the votes get counted, it's a, a very, very narrow between them. So it's sort of interesting because if Carl does pull it off, I sort of see that as a real green backlash in Wellington. And that would be really interesting considering, you know, we've had um, two safe Labour seats turn green in the last election and, of course, our election of, of the Green Mayor. So we'll have to wait and see. Yeah. Uh, specials are interesting. I don't know how they tend to break in uh, local body elections. They often tend to break for the left and central government elections because often it's people who've just enrolled at the last minute or students who live out of town, etc. is another theory. Um, and, also, of course, this is, this is an STV election too, which just complicates things, doesn't it? So someone's got to do some number crunching. Anyway, very interesting. Now, now, let's have a look at Kiwi Rail's, uh, what it's had to say in the latest episode of the Inter-Islander Mega Ferry saga. Georgina, it was a significant week this week. It was, yes. It was a very big week last week. Um, look, Kiwi Rail was before the Transport and Infrastructure Select Committee for three hours last week, um, and they spent a good chunk of time, sort of it was almost like a tell-all about the ferries, if you like, um, they brought up lots of different things. One that really stood out for me is that they dragged up this old stoush over the location of the Wellington Terminal for the mega ferries to help explain this cost blowout. The project had reached almost $3 billion. Um, so Chief Executive Peter Reddy said, you know, there was a significant amount of time lost deciding on this location of the terminal, and that contributed to the cost escalations. Kiwi Rail was keen on a single-user terminal at King's Wharf in downtown Wellington, but other stakeholders, including the Regional Council, Centreport, Bluebridge, they preferred Kaifarafara. Um, so this really blew up in 2020, and I was actually at the council meeting when Kiwi Rail backed down on this and said, fine, okay, well, Kaifarafara will be the site. Um, but that sort of left Kiwi Rail with just a few months to work on that option before a detailed design business case was finalised in June 2021. And Peter Reddy said that was a bit of a sprint. The amount of geotechnical work that had been done in Kaifarafara was quite immature compared to what they'd looked at at King's Wharf. Um, you know, he gave some fascinating insight, like, you know, Kaifarafara meant building on an earthquake plate um, that required 270 piles going 70 metres into the ground. The seismic risks alone at that site accounted for a $250 million increase in costs. Then, of course, there was the flood risk that required the site to be raised by one metre. 
It's interesting, isn't it? Because the pushback, we heard the pushback earlier from the regional council, Darren Ponter, who reviewed, re- released letters on um, what he pretty much constructed as being bullying over, you know, give us the wharf, give us the current container wharf. Um, and I think even an allegation or um, or we won't, you know, provide trains to, for, for, for that container wharf anymore. It obviously, there's obviously been a hell of a backstory going on for a long time here, Georgina. Yes, absolutely. Um, and I, I guess Kiwi Rail kind of doubled down on their position and sort of put the blame almost back onto the regional council by sort of making the case for, um, you know, why potentially Kings Wharf might have still been a better option. And the other thing that they did was issue this really stark warning about the state of the infrastructure, the portside infrastructure on either side of Cook Strait, um, you know, Peter Reddy said, look, these terminals have to be built regardless of the fate of the, yeah. the IREX um, project and, and the wharves. Um, he said that Port Marlborough Wharf um, is at a very end of life state. Um, Kiwi Rail Chairman David McLean, you know, said enabling a safe and resilient Cook Strait crossing is of national significance. And he also sort of said the question that Kiwi Rail has always struggled with is, well, why was Kiwi Rail actually building the terminals? You know, it's not the wharf owner. So something has to be done with this infrastructure. And I guess it's a question now of, of who pays. Look, it does, and it's going to get interesting for the government. Again, it's so easy to cancel things. Uh, it would cost them, I think, about 30% more to buy those ships now. Although there was a lot of debate about the size of the ships and access through Tory ch- Channel and everything else as well. There's nothing about this story that isn't complicated. Um, but that issue of the infrastructure and it needing to be earthquake resilient is a no-brainer. I mean, you're basically sitting on a fault line there, but it's the way you leave the North Island currently. Um so, it, you know, it, it, it's it's going to flip back really from a local scrap to a central government scrap. This idea of the Toyota Corollas being brought on in the meantime, uh, what do Kiwi Rail have to say about the prospects for that? Yeah, I think um, I can sort of see the tide turning a little bit on Nicola Willis. Um, I think when she at the end of last year to cancel everything people sort of saw that as a bold mood uh, move sorry and that she was pretty no nonsense but as time drags on and the government doesn't have a plan b we're starting to learn more about you know what this um toyota corolla option might look like in terms of theories and to be honest uh, it was um Pretty shocking to hear, you know, Kiwi Rouse said that indications from ship brokers were that there were only 22 secondhand ships in the world that would meet Kiwi Rouse criteria, including, you know, the physical capability to cross Cook Strait's notorious waters. And none of those 20 second, um, 22 secondhand ships were for sale, although they did acknowledge that, you know, if Kiwi Rail had an active bid in the market, something sort of might come out of the the woodwork. Um, So it's not looking great. And I think we urgently sort of need certainty now over what and, you know, this these two mega ferries with that fixed price contract of $551 million actually kind of starts looking like a pretty good deal because, you know, Kiwi Rail's estimated the cost could increase by as much as 40% of that same yeah. contract was um, signed today. It's really interesting um, how this all goes down, you know. I, I was interviewing Peter Reddy late last year and he left open the option of trying to rescue that deal and downgrade how much was being spent on the port side infrastructure. Uh, but between now and then, even that sort of grasp at a straw uh, has gone. 
Yeah, that uh, we, was an incredible interview, by the way, Catherine, because I was listening to it with my mouth open because I w- he had said when the government made this announcement, oh, the contract's been terminated. And then all of a sudden he was saying to you, oh, well, actually, this contract could be salvaged and we could do all these sorts of things. And I was kind of dumbfounded by everything that he said in that interview. Um, and, you know, I wrote up a story based off it because I thought it was quite a significant change in his position. However, between now and then, or now and last week, um, it's confirmed that that contract is to go. Goodness, we need a lot of um, urgent decisions on a lot of things at the moment, don't we, Uh, from the new government, including what's going to replace the abandoned three waters. What's the latest on the capital's immediate water shortage risks, Georgina? Well, I'm happy to say there is some good news. We have managed to avoid level three water restrictions for another week. We're currently in level two, which means we can't have outdoor residential sprinklers and irrigation. Um, So the latest risk modelling shows that the chance of moving to tighter restrictions has reduced from 60% to 43%. Wellington Water has thanked residents for their efforts um, and say we're sort of through that highest risk period in the summer with only level two restrictions. So I think the message is though for everybody to keep doing their bit. We have started dipping into the storage lakes um, for the Wellington metropolitan region um, and that will soon be transitioning over to the lakes as their main source of supply. So we are in our backup storage now, but if everybody just keeps doing their bit, hopefully we'll make it through this summer. So it has certainly been a very effective campaign Uh interesting people saying that it used to be all mucking together and cooperate. It's not really the mood of many Wellingtonians going, well, there's a river rolling down my street. Why should I shorten my showers? But it certainly was a very stark risk that was posed in front of people pre-Christmas. Uh, again, organisations are quite good sometimes at getting their, getting their, messages, um, getting their messages out there. One wonders really what what changed. It must be just demand down from what it was perceived to be in January, early February, when it was very hot and muggy in Wellington, perhaps demand down. Uh, We wait to see when it's going to rain again, because it's been a while, Georgina. It has, and um, Met Service has forecast some, some dry weeks coming up. I think that's an interesting question, though, Catherine, because the last few um, summers we have been in level two water restrictions. Like it, it's, it, we've been in the same situation this summer as, as previous summers, but the messaging this summer has, you know, really been quite intense. And I think Wellington Water something has gone up on there where they have decided to really sort of push Draw the campaign this to how, to how extreme yeah. the risks can. Get Yet. Um, and yes. so. And, and look, we would be beating up on them if there hadn't been sufficient warnings in advance. Very, very quickly, the library and the pool hours were going to be cut, saving, I don't know, a few million maybe out of the hundreds of millions, one billion or whatever it is that the Wellington City Council's trying to save at the moment. Looks like there's been a bit of an about turn on those very sensitive matters, Georgina. Yes, Wellington City Council was considering reducing library hours and pool hours and residents. Wow, a real backlash. I think they sort of thought, hang on, these are core council services. And the council has certainly felt that. And so Mayor Tori Whanau has taken those proposals off the table. They are not being consulted on as part of the 10-year budget. Um, And I think it's a bit of a lesson for the council. One of the councillors sort of said, look, I'm really sorry. We should have actually made it clear that there was no political appetite to do this in the first place. So um, So it's it's rats and mice. 
against what they're up oh, against. Yeah. And I think that's something else that has annoyed people. I think reducing the um, pool hours equated to about half a million dollars in savings. Wow. Hardly anything. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. interesting times on your patch as always, and thank you so much for spending time with us. Georgina Campbell is the New Zealand Herald's Wellington Issues reporter.